1: Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? hello everyone i hope you had a good double game week we're back live on wednesday evening after double game week has almost ended there's still a game going on in the background but injuries mean it's less relevant uh rather than the weekend as previously advised it's my work done postponed so we're back to chat with all the info pretty much luckily here's just what's happened with me over the last week or so is sam fresh or not from watching his beloved saints lose 2-1 last night unfortunately you're right mate
0: Yeah. Thanks for bringing that one up. Um, no, yeah, I'm I'm absolutely fine. Outside of that, at least I got to see my brother. Um, we always go down three, four times a season, have a couple of drinks, watch saints usually lose. Um, although this season we had a bit more optimism, um, but yeah, still good fun. Nonetheless, hopefully we can, uh, Write a few wrongs against Millwall this weekend. But uh, yeah, we're not here to talk about Southampton, as I've been warned by you several times. So we're here to talk about FPL, of course. And in doing so, we are who got the assist. On today's pod, Contemplate will be about loading up for the doubles. Um, so obviously, in this case, a mid-season double, which carries a lot of promise with two of the biggest teams having those doubles. But following blanks, throwing up strategic problems. How do we balance the urge to buy in lots of doublers versus onward team balance? So big contemplate section there to talk about today. After that, of course, we'll have bold claims as always and game week preview, which is a slightly new format, although I'm going to probably stop saying that in the next couple of weeks because it is now a permanent fixture covering all of the big question, uh, questions uh, plus any listener queries uh, as we look ahead to the next game week and beyond. It is the Monday, the 21st of Feb. Uh, Liverpool-Luton is going on in the background. It is actually half time, I believe, and 1-0 to Luton currently. Um, injuries for Darwin and Jotamine. mean it's completely irrelevant for me, although... I was quite glad to see the Liverpool clean sheet go before half time. Um, Doughty <laughs> in play for you though, Tom. So you've still got cause for optimism.
1: He's just had the yellow card. Uh, it's did, well, it's yeah. Wednesday as well, not not Monday. Um, oh, yeah. Wednesday!
0: Yeah, God, yeah, what's Wednesday. wrong with me?
1: I know, I know. Middle of the week already. And it's Doughty <laughs> face uh, with his yellow card, unfortunately. Uh, which I guess sort of to, to move to scores on the doors sort mm-hmm. of sums up this game week to some extent. I mean, it's it's not been terrible really has it um but there's been kind of frustration on loads of levels um the doubler's not really coming through for a lot of people versus the likes of Watkins Solanke Saka all returning double digits and that's something that we're going to talk about and contemplate in a little bit um I did own Watkins and Saka and didn't really uh, remove either of them so that was good um but yeah here I sit with 84 points um plus whatever Dalty gets me probably I guess one more to give me 85 um but I did make the move in the end I did sell um Ake. I did by Ake um, and I sold um, Burn and that meant that I played him over White. Now, Ake obviously didn't play last night and so that's four points down because White got a clean sheet. Also, as we discussed last week, play Palmer over Gordon for another six points down. So I'm ten points down um, from two decisions that I've made this week without even taking a hit. But I'm okay with it. Seriously, you can't say I'm okay with it without sounding like you're not okay with it. But yeah. I, like, honestly, I am. And even that sounds like I'm protesting too much. Um, and yeah, no, Vienna, a decent enough week. Obviously, a bit frustrating Um, to see uh, both Darwin and Jota uh, succumb to injury um, within the first half of the first game of the game week. Um, enjoyed watching that with the guys at FL Meets. So a shout out to them. They're a really kind of good day. Evening, you know, all, all of it all together. Um, but overall, uh, sat on a decentish green arrow, I guess, again. Overall, 11% rise up from 385k to 340k. And obviously, Holland triple captain, did get a goal in the end. Um, but I mean, 15 shots, Sam, 2.44 XG. Uh, yeah, James no. from FPL said that it was his highest individual XG in a game without scoring uh, versus Chelsea. So, I mean, we'll talk about it again in a minute, but we, you can't really. Complain too much, other than the fact that you didn't get the outcome we wanted. So yeah, here I am again, the small kind of green arrow, and looking forward to what happens next week. While being slightly regretful, I know it's fully hindsight about what happened this week.
0: What about you? Yeah, well, uh going into tonight, we're on the same score, so eighty-four points. Although mine is all out because Darwin and Diogo Jota are not fit to play today, unfortunately. Um, a game week that was full of a lot of promise and I saw as like a, a big mover going in. I would I was set up with triple Liverpool um, and two City thinking I can bring in the third City and still roll a transfer. Um, what really transpired was replacing Trent with Ake for a net two points. I did roll the other one, which is the, the marginal benefit I got, uh, meaning I've got two free transfers for next week. But... Yeah. Obviously, same as you, Jota and Darwin going off injured very early on was unfortunate, although at least they got a return each before that happened. And they were always going to be sells for me in Game Week 26 anyway. So really, it just impacted their immediate points in Game Week 25. So, yeah, it wasn't the big moving double game week that I thought it could be. Um, and Yeah, definitely. Perhaps a little bit disappointing, but... At least, at least he got something, and I, I don't think there was anything wrong with the decision. I think it's just outcome sometimes doesn't favor you. And yeah, o- obviously, massive advantage now to Solanke triple captainers or those who have held onto the chip for another later date. Um, but at the very least, 10 points is okay, it's not a disaster. It's not Sadio Mane four or five <laughs> seasons ago going off after 10 minutes with yeah, a one pointer yeah. that hurts. So I will take anything more than that in any triple captain um, usage. So yeah, I'm not going to get too upset about it. Um, it might be a grey arrow, it might be a small green or a small red, depending on what goes on tonight. But I really? think the... Puddum really? Yeah, I think so. So it, it basically depending, it did depend on the Liverpool clean sheet. I was going. To oh say. Right. fair. So fair. that was about sixty percent EO against me. Um, oh, really? That's a lot wow. Now. So yeah, amalgamated. I think it was. Oh. So um, that's gone now. So less of a worry. Obviously, if Doughty gets so- something big, or if Van Dijk, I think at twenty percent EO himself, were to get some sort of massive header from a corner and oh. three bonus, then then yeah, I could yeah. maybe be on a on a grey slash a small red. But hopefully, it should stay green. I'm I'm pretty optimistic now. Yeah, no fair play. Oh, well,
1: there we go. Uh, right, so I think this week we kind of decided we were thinking about what we're going to talk about for Contemplate, the first half of the pod. Um, mm-hmm. We're obviously throwing around talking about blank planning and things like that, but definitely feels like one for next week. Um, Obviously, we'll have the results from over the weekend, and we'll be kind of moving into the time uh, when we're going to be getting the information in terms of the pickup results, which will be kind of next week after we podded uh, with guest FPL Sim. Right, but mm-hmm. we'll just we'll discuss kind of those plans in more depth then, and maybe come back at some point um, next week potentially, um, just to discuss kind of like, what where we we now stand in the kind of a shorter thing. Mm-hmm. So this week I think, um, just kind of reflecting a lot of the down feeling, I suppose, about double game weeks at the moment. I think it's worth kind of having a bit of a contemplate about outcome bias and double game weeks. It was a bit of a damp squib, honestly double game week mm. 25 and certainly there was a lot of people kind of saying oh you know what i have had so much hope for this double game week and it's kind of not gone anywhere people were bad doubles in the past saved a little bit by Holland scoring of course um but as i mentioned those high scoring single game weekers were sold by many and there was lots of pain out there, especially when Darwin went off kind of at half time with Watkins kind of returning thirty, uh, well, 12 points, I think it was, uh, with the brace against Fulham. So we're going to have a quick discussion on doubles just to maybe digest what we've experienced this game week. Um, I mean, how are you feeling about it all, Sam? As you said earlier on, it was just a bit of a disappointment, I think. And despite getting kind of green-ish arrows for quite a lot, especially if you triple captain, it does feel like it's kind of tinged with that sense of uh, what could have been.
0: Yeah, I think knowing that Liverpool and Man City two of the most exciting attacking teams had double game weeks and double game weeks of good fixtures as well. I think we all had good reason to be excited. It's not it also wasn't one of those end of season double game weeks where there's nothing really riding on it. Both teams will be highly charged and motivated to put out their strongest 11, give full 90s to the players that they want to go out and win the games. Um so There was good reason to be excited. And sometimes, I guess, despite all that excitement, the the perfect storm occurs and two of the most popular assets going in were injured immediately. And actually, even before that as well, normally Liverpool Double Game Week, you're looking at the likes of Salah and Trent nailed on. and Both of them looked like either heavy doubts or completely ruled out in, in Trent's case as well. So I think even moving into it, there was... Some cause for concern, but still enough chips on the table. Moving away from FPL chips in the in this case, but enough enough options to look at that made 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 it good reason to be excited. Obviously, that all evaporated within about forty five minutes of <laughs> of the Liverpool game, um, and then obviously again Haaland that evening not scoring kind of just put the extra nail in the coffin. But at the end of the day, it's still a higher average score this game week than it is most single game weeks. So it is, there are more points on the table this week than most. It's just, it hasn't quite hit the heights of the double game weeks that have gone into FPL folklore of (laughs) 150 pointers, which I think knowing that a chip was going to be used this week as well for most of us, some of us would have been thinking, yeah, okay, 120 plus, this could be a big one um, and a big mover. And it just hasn't occurred like that. And you know what sometimes that happens
1: yeah definitely I mean definitely this kind of I guess I'm not sure whether we can really call it a pro template but I think Mm -hmm. we're going to kind of artificially label it such for the purposes of this pod there's definitely this kind of I guess reactionary feeling that next time I won't lean into the doubles too much Mm. and I guess reflecting on what we said last week about you know trying to make sure you temper it and from our own experience this week I mean me in particular not I guess falling prey to the FOMO a little bit and thinking, yeah, you know what? If we have a Man City um, defender doing what defenders have historically done—double game weeks in those sort of game weeks that you mentioned Sam, that have gone down in folklore—I didn't want to miss out on that again, Um, like I did in the past with not owning John Stones uh, nor Ruben Diaz that week, or or like the report as well in the past. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what what kind of in the end kind of made me think I'm going to buy Ake, and it does it has kind of it obviously it does sting a little bit even if you are sort of. hindsighting or not and certainly I suppose there should always be this reminder right Sam that even though this double game didn't go very well we shouldn't be thinking that all double game weeks are therefore going to be damp squibs like the one that we just saw like they're so important aren't they in terms of our sort of overall outcomes in FPL
0: yeah absolutely I think there is the temptation to kind of label them all and and after one bad one, th- especially as this season, this was the first big one as well. So we've got quite short memories in FPL, I think. And and looking back, you might easily tar them all with the same brush because it's been a while since we had another one to look at. Um, I know Luton had one earlier on this season, but I'm not really counting that as a big double game week. Um, but yeah, I, I, think, I think it is easy to go, kind of go down that rabbit hole. But generally speaking, they are big in our seasons and writing them off completely as if they're not important would be silly I think personally in in my planning because there are always more points on the table in double game weeks at least they're on offer whether or not you actually cash those points in is a whole different matter but having good players especially in this one with potentially 180 minutes rather than 90 means that obviously, there are more points to be captured. I think one example that I'd like to just quickly highlight with this week in particular, Foden obviously blanked twice. And normally, that would be very annoying, two point, three point three point—if with the clean sheet. But in the, in a the double game week, even if he's blanked twice, that's still five points this week, I think. He got the clean sheet in the second one. So five points would normally be, okay, an assist. It's not great. But in a single game week, you you probably take that if he does five points every week over a 38 game week season. He's near 200 points. And for his price, that's pretty decent value. So, again, I think even even if you don't get the big points from some of these players and they do disappoint you, generally speaking, just having having these players in covers you off from some really big reds. Obviously, there are always examples this this week in particular of the single game weekers outperforming some of the double game weekers, but the odds of that happening in a double game week are clearly going to be lower than they would be in any other game week. So I think you've got to play those odds and, can, and continue to do so if you want to be successful yeah definitely
1: i wouldn't be kind of too down on this and it, no. it really sort of leads out of i've mentioned it already kind of outcome bias or a resulting in behavioral behavioral science i've spoken of a few times about this in the past a good friend of mine um alan sent me a podcast on, on it uh, when i was in australia um and it kind of reminded me of, of what i heard there and um, basically to kind of this this whole sort of idea of resulting i learned about it on, the pod, on this podcast anyway i remember the host i forget his name actually I think it was barry something sozbaz <laughs> but he was interviewing and um, you mentioned chips on the table sam uh poker world series or whatever mm-hmm. it's called winner annie duke and she was talking about how your decision making process is prone to fall prey from resulting uh, which is mistaking good outcome uh, for good decision making process and um she used some experience from her past, but I'll use one from mine instead. Um, still in poker. So one time when I was young, um, I was playing poker with my friends. Uh, Nick was playing. And it was nearing the end of the game. You know, I played well, but I had a few beers. You know, I was getting a bit bored, to be honest. And I decided, screw it. You know, I'll go all in. And I had an unpaired offsuit in my hand, uh, something like that. So I had a mm-hmm. two hearts, seven of clubs. And on the flop, turn and river, it was two, two and seven. And I ended up with a full house and I won the whole pot. And uh, there's an instinct from that. Um, which grew in me and it was i was thinking you know okay in the future i'll go for it because this experience has shown me that i can win on that eventuality but what do you think happens 99 times out of 100 and what do i do next time <laughs> this situation presents itself well I, I also went all in again and obviously mm. i lost and had to go off to the loser sofa and chill out and drink beer which was quite fun but everyone else was playing on so it was a bit lonely mm. clearly this is a really sort of extreme example of this but it's a good case study of this sort of idea because i'd taken the outcome as a cue for my decision making process to be all good when in fact it wasn't you know the outcome and decision making process were in no way in cahoots (laughs) there was no link between the two but i'd erroneously made that decision applying that to fpl so say you uh, you swing for the fences all the time uh, random captains you know, random transfers in and stuff like that you of course sometimes get this right and you see this at the start of the season all the time all these people like what are you doing captaining you know granite jacca uh, when he gets two assists or you know what time traveler has captain this defender who scored a brace of headers this week a kurt zuma or something and um, outcomes do sometimes favor you but often these people get a hell of a lot wrong too versus the more straightforward crowd picks and i think there's definitely this sort of semblance that you can fall prey to mistakes around repetition of a bad process yeah if you mistake the odd good outcome for a good process which can block off making good decisions ultimately you know we see people like that who do kind of thrash around i guess with all the moves they make donkeying in poker terms Um, who often do really well at the start of the season you, you never hear from them again after october or november and to pivot oh, when to you're this, winning exactly <laughs> exactly into pivots to, to this discussion think about double game weeks more broadly the value offer from double game weeks is clear that it's an old cliche but you get two bites of the cherry as you were kind of inferring and it increases your chance of getting good outcome as long as you have a rigid or at least sort of you know good enough Process for who you're removing. And I think it'd be a mistake to outcome bias this double as a reason for why double game weeks are worthless, are overrated, net bad. And I think the focus should always be on the decision making process rather than the outcome. So I was among the first savers on this pod many years ago, and it's a bit old hat now, but think to myself, uh, I always try to think to myself, you know, I don't think, was the decision right? I often try to think, am I happy with the process to get to the decision I made? That helps you rationalize outcomes as well as giving you some peace of mind versus the eternal torment of having point swings and points on our bench and all the other sorts of rubbish that variance throws at you um so yeah i think it's just something to be wary of really when it comes stuff like this is cool down for a bit but the next double is going to be as important as 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 this one was it's just not really worked out here and I, i suppose kind of to link to that sam double game weeks i think in terms of achieving our goals for the season do remain sort of probably the most important thing to plan around don't they
0: yeah absolutely they do and I especially in this season now a lot of the chip strategy and decision making that we're going to be applying to the rest of the season will weigh very heavily on the blank game weeks in the net in the next couple of w- couple of weeks of, of course and then also the double game weeks, 28 is the one that's confirmed, but we also have 34 and 37, very, very likely to be relatively large double game weeks as well. And not only that, but also very different teams seem to be the ones that have the double game weeks in those two weeks in particular. So planning for that, rather than just taking it week by week and hoping you end up on a good team by that, that point is going to be really important, especially if you want to navigate both of them. And again, navigating that with chips will be extremely helpful to ensure that you are well set up for them. But that obviously there is a contemplate side to this as well. And I don't want to just disregard the benefit of very good single game week players. I think I sent you a voice note, either today, this morning or yesterday, talking about how the single game week players in game week 34 might not be the worst thing either. If you look at some of the fixtures on, yeah, on the table yeah. that week, if I if I were to apply the same logic from this week or the, the decision making from this week, where a lot of managers would have sold Watkins or Saka or Solanke, for instance, in game week 34, I think we could also be faced with a similar issue because a lot of good players in decent teams are looking like they've got a single game week or will have a single game week as, as if the schedule goes as planned. But decent fixtures where there, there's a lot of like but ifs as to whether, whether or not they would be worse options than some of the doublers who are actually looking like weaker teams just happen to double. So careful decision making on, and applying... A good process to each individual decision about which player will be better that week, whether it's a single game week player or not, is going to be really important. So having a balanced view on things and and weighing it up based on the expected points, I guess, is the easiest way of doing it that week will be really important.
1: Yeah, and I suppose as well, we'll we'll have a better picture of it very soon. Of course. Um, but having that balance is going to be key, isn't it? And as you mentioned, a few of the fixtures, depending on how our teams sort of look at that point, um, just to read off a few of them, Aston Villa versus Bournemouth, I'm sure Watkins is going to stay in many teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fulham versus Liverpool, I'm sure Salah is going to be back in our teams. Uh, Spurs versus Man City, Wolves-Arsenal, um it may well be, even if you are planning to free hit that week, that you still build a team around players you already own, which in of itself may make you think, you know what? Okay, I can get there with making or taking a couple of you know, taking a hit on the on the week, or maybe kind of building up for a couple of weeks. I you might be able to kind of do something else with the strategy because the single game week um, fixtures so good for players that we trust at the moment, which is obviously mm-hmm. a massive kind of theme that runs through this season. Um, yeah, I mean, it kind of all comes back to the central point that you shouldn't expect the next set of doubles to be as bad as th- this one has been. Um, yeah. And you shouldn't kind of let outcome bias you shouldn't also let kind of things like availability heuristic which is remembering the most sort of easily accessible memory um uh, influence or cloud your judgment as you said people hark back to the really good doubles from the past you know 2016-17 uh nick and i are both scoring 180 plus points with that bench boost that was the, the the week where people got kind of you know 200 points plus um harry kane scoring four against the Against Leicester, it's always Leicester yeah. <laughs> and things like that. And Alexis Sanchez going off. I mean, those sorts of things are the kind of always the touchstone of our memories when it comes to doubles and things like that. But nowadays it's kind of a bit more tempered, I think. Um, and you don't you have kind of less wild things or less wild picks out there in the ether. Um, but still, um, it's really important to not get sort of bogged down in this, I suppose. So I think the pro template idea that you should kind of temper your expectations around doubles yeah i can kind of get on board for that to some extent uh, but i still think that it's more important to remember um how important doubles are if just for your kind of long-term sort of uh, goals to be met and i think that's something that we'll kind of delve into especially past game week 30 uh, once this sort of initial sequence leading up to blank game week 29 is out of the way okay
0: uh, anything else to say on this one sam no not particularly I-, I think maybe just as a final point if If you're cursing your luck this game week, don't worry. We've got a whole other load of rubbish to contend with next week. So pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and we'll go again. And hopefully this next section will help you set up for Blank Game Week 26 as well, because... They do come thick and fast, and we've got to, we've got to pick ourselves up quickly if we've had a bad one.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly.
1: Right, okay. So let's move on to bold claims. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out to listener Scott Forrest, um, who's absolutely killing it, by the way. Um, He's in top 1K. Uh, but he said to us last week, hey, guys, love listening to your pod, but bold claims need to be revisited as not so bold. Over 3.5 goals in the Spurs game um, was a 50% chance towards the bookies and not really an out there pick. So a little bit of motivation, I think, Sam, and a little bit of recalibration is needed here I think I do agree with Scott maybe we'd started to kind of look to score points <laughs> over and um, sticking to the spirit of what this section was all about uh, with some of our claims in the past it's still 6-5 to me Um but I, th- I think we should probably try to I guess reel it back in um, and try to make sure that we are being bold, not mild, with the picks <laughs> that we come up with. So last week, uh still in play this one. Um but Manchester and Liverpool to score twelve
0: plus goals the double was yours. Yeah, miles off. It's not gonna happen. We're fifty-four minutes into the Liverpool game now. They still haven't scored. Um yeah, I don't are they even gonna get halfway there? How how many is it now? Uh, not, not any, not anywhere near basically. Um, so yeah, I think they're on seven combined possibly. So yeah, we're, we're miles off. That's not happening. Um, barring some sort of late miracle from Liverpool. Six.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I guess that's going to be be quite thrashing towards the end. Mm. Mo Salah coming off the bench versus Crystal Palace sort of level of. Yeah. Without those players as well. I know, I know. I, I can't really see that happening. It's the, probably the best chance Leicester ever going to get to score points uh, to get a result at Liverpool. Mm-hmm. All right. And I went for centre-back being the highest scorer this week. Um, I just kind of, as I said, pivoting off uh, previous experiences. No, it's uh, currently Simona Dhingra, um, who's the highest scoring player this week. We'll question my own later on. Cool. So how are we going to address Scott's points here, uh, Sam, uh, in terms of uh, trying to make sure we're not being too safe with our picks?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm starting us off um, and I think this is fairly bold. Um, Haaland will be captaincy shout for a lot of managers this week, um, but he goes up against Bournemouth away from home. Um, there's another striker on penalties in that game that I'm backing him to outscore um, Haaland. Solanke, I reckon, will... Uh, well, I don't reckon it will happen. I, ju- I just think it's a fairly nice bold claim. It could, It could happen. And considering he's very likely to be one of my transfers in this week, kind of got something on this one as well. So Solanke to outscore Harlem would be my bold claim.
1: Fair play. Uh, speaking of transfers in this week, oh, there's a goal. Uh, speaking of transfers in this week, it's Liverpool. Um, mm-hmm. I've uh, gone for uh, Huang <laughs> to play yes. for Central United and I think that uh, Scott's point this is going to be something which is against the bookies and um, I suspect they probably got um, decent odds on Huang to score decent odds on that to happen um, so I, I, I've got that feeling that he's looking like it's not quite happened yet the uh, momentum isn't quite behind him right now oh, it's a Van Dijk goal Sam is
0: it actually it is yeah wow wow yeah. damn <laughs> this pod's
1: aging poorly already <laughs> P- poor Paul um but yes uh yeah I think like that that probably will probably be okay <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> right also the oh, blank right. isn't just for the goal is it it's also for the assist so he just needs to return basically mm. to disprove this so um yeah I think that is fairly bold I think I think you're okay this on this one yeah I hope so hope that meets approval
1: we'll <laughs> see all right well, that's, that's very disappointing. <laughs> so uh, let's uh, let's move on to looking at the key issues um, for the next week ahead uh, as part of this section. And there's three. So setting up a blank game week 26. So kind of overlooked, I think. This is a bit of a blank. Uh, which we've a little bit. Uh, who do we captain? Which I think is kind of a bit of a defunct section, but it's still worth discussing. And do we bring in blank game between nine friendly players or prioritise the immediate? In terms of what we know now, of course. Let's take the first one. Um so, so setting up for blank twenty six. And um, mm-hmm. obviously, quite a few questions this week. Narrowly looking at this as well. Um, in terms of the state of play, I think that you know, the engaged community obviously are all all across this. Um, but Liverpool, Luton, Spurs, and Chelsea are all blank this week. Um, so there's a, a big sell off of a lot of their players. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but the questions really that were received were all about the midfield. What we do there. FPL fail John uh, said, What are the best five to six point five million mids? Uh, he picks out Matoma, Neto, Garnacho, Huang, Trossard, and Bailey. Uh, Tom Came K- Tom Campbell and Jimmy the Claret. Ask any love for a dingra. Um, and Daisy's at FPL says, Talk me out of a fielder midfielder and talk me into one as well. And it's two odd Liverpool. Wow, okay so yeah uh so yeah interesting one there um lots likely as well to have jota injured um and i originally originally kind of put this pod as being kind of this pod as being kind of the wolf versus the villain sam but there's definitely sort of a wider discussion i suppose to be had in all these sort of cheap midfields right now
0: yeah absolutely and and i think there are Almost two different pathways you can take with the midfielders right now. One is obviously with twenty nine in mind. There are certain teams with decent midfielders that could could be on the menu this week. um A few of them do have good fixtures this week as well. And then there's also the other side of the coin, which is okay. I'm not going to worry about game with twenty nine. I don't need a player that necessarily plays in that week. But what I am trying to do is prioritize the next few weeks, and obviously this week in particular. That's why, if you're watching on YouTube, Juan Hee Chan and Pedro Neto have made themselves made themselves present on this on this screen. And those two are looking like they're going to be fairly popular with Sheffield United at home this week, followed by Newcastle next week, I believe. And then I think it's Fulham at home in Game Week 28 as well. So it's a good trio of fixtures for Wolves. Obviously, not the most consistent of teams in the world, but they are looking decent this season and some good data for the two midfielders I've already mentioned. Um, Outside of that, though, we've also got other midfielders as well. Obviously, uh, the Villa boys will be popular for those of us trying to avoid a free hit in game week 29. So Douglas Luiz and Leon Bailey will both be high in mind for quite a few of us looking to do that. And then there are sort of edge edge pieces like uh, Kudus, Bowen, perhaps at West Ham who don't blank in 29. Or again, much like... On the Wolves side of things, Brighton look very likely to blank in game week 29. However, a uh gross as well could be really interesting. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a very interesting discussion point as to which which strategy, which pathway you want to take with the midfielders this week, because it kind of puts you down a route that... You're kind of you're not necessarily fully committing to, but you are you are walking down that path, and it will take some pretty big doubling back to get out of the situation unless some sort of out upsets happen.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I think even though we haven't got the full data or the full information for twenty nine, it's it's certainly worth as you kind of touch on having some semblance of a plan in mind for how you're going to get there, knowing what you know now, and I guess you can. Hope that Leeds bail you out, and especially if you own lots, of, lots of uh, Arsenal players, and um, that that game can go ahead. Um, but we, we simply don't know what that is yet, um, and certainly most apart from Douglas Luiz. And Bailey, and potentially if you're looking at a slightly other the price bracket, but Kudos, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Kudos, Kudos, I think it is, isn't it? Um, <laughs> and all of the players that we've kind of mentioned: Dingra, Matoma, Neto, Garnacho, Huang, uh, Trossard, and Bailey—not Bailey, uh, not Bailey um, but the other guys—all all kind of fit into that category of, a t- of of playing for a team where, I suppose, you're weighing up the, the fixture's been quite good at the moment for these teams and you, you don't want to be leaving um points at the table potentially in favor of the kind of the overarching aim uh to populate your team for game week 29 and to what extent do you either take hits so you kind of incur um a, a slight sort of deficit uh, to try to chase those points um or kind of i guess as i mentioned rob yourself in game week 29 um I don't know, I've just to say, say where I am at the moment with all of this, I think 26 is the last week that we don't have any kind of information, um, really, because by going to win seven, we'll know a bit more. Um, but this week, I think I want to have one foot in both camps because um, Slanky's definitely coming in for me. Um, yeah. Definitely coming in for you as well, as you mentioned earlier on. Mm-hmm. Um, got Jota and Darwin. Uh, Slanky in for Darwin. I think that just makes sense of double gaming 28 coming up. What I'm planning to do is I'm planning to adopt what I'm going to call a minus four by four strategy, um, which basically encompasses making a couple of transfers every week up to game week 29, incurring minus fours, yada, yada, yes, I know, the negatives of all that. Um, But the idea is to focus on the week in front of me while also building towards game week 29. So how I do that is look at the fixtures and try to bring in players who ideally um are 29 friendly, but also, you know, not miss out on double game weeks. So double game week on 28, um, or miss out on um, I guess, uh, points in service of trying to get a player for 29. So this week, for example, the question I was really thinking about in my mind was was Huang um or Neto. Uh, versus uh, bringing in Douglas Louise or Bailey. Um, my my feeling on Douglas Louise versus Bailey, and feel free to pick me up on this later, Sam, was that although um, Bailey's kind of online data is great, I really need the body in twenty nine. <laughs> like really need that person players be on the pitch. So I'd slightly favour uh, Douglas Louise, who was still kind of producing decent enough underlying numbers. And um, so that would have been where I'd gone. But I have i really bought Huang. Um, the Sheffield United game, um, and I think that that kind of is, is is just one that's. I'm hoping people talk themselves out of it, basically, and kind of get worried about 29 and 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 leave that. And um, friend of the pod, Pete FPLMF Doom had a look at uh, Huang versus Neto. Um, so Neto is the other one potentially on the table. Um, and he pointed out that the FPL points per match are really, really similar. So Neto's is 5.0. Uh, Huang is on 4.9. Uh, non-pen XGI per 90. Huang's on 0.5. Neto's 0.53. Huang's slightly more goal-orientated, as you'd expect. So 0.37 versus 0.23, if you, take, if you kind of cut into those uh, per 90 scores. Huang overperforming performing on his XG, much like his countryman Song. Uh, Min uh, six point three to ten goals scored, and we think on penalties, perhaps even more so now with Kunya injured. And um, so I felt like you know with Sheffield United coming up next, um, that that was one that I want to kind of lean into a little bit um, and just take the opportunity. Um, going forward, I don't know if he's going to last for particularly long. He may even go out straight away uh, for Son in 27, who I think that most of us can be trying to get to. And um, But I think that that's kind of where I'm landing right now, um, Sam. And I think you're, you're kind of close to following suit, aren't you? Because it does feel like being not overly aggressive but having a tempered sense of aggression as I mentioned with my kind of minus four by four strategy I'll talk through the rest of
0: it um, at the end of the pod that
1: kind of feels like the right way to play this doesn't it maybe
0: am I wrong well I think there are two different arguments for it and I've I've got a devil on one shoulder and an angel on on the other at the moment telling me or pulling me one way and the other the the cautious manager in me is saying, right, I'll, I'll make two moves this week. One will clearly be Solanke in for Darwin. I think that just makes the, the most sense in the world right now. We'll come on to a striker section later, but it, it does make sense in my situation. Then it's, do I want to start setting up for uh, the blank in game week 29? And I am pretty confident if I was to do that, then Douglas Louise would be my answer. I, I completely agree with you on Bailey. The data is great. He has started 10 of the last 12. But I always just get the feeling he's never a million miles away from a bad performance and then getting maybe rotated out for a week. And then also equally, he does usually get taken off 60, 70 minutes in. It's not been quite so often recently, but he is still liable to that. There are other options that can play in that position. So again, if you're looking for the XGI per 90 for Bailey, kind of isn't that relevant you want to take that down to almost like an xgi per 70 or something um whereas with douglas louise you are actually getting the 90 minutes every week and pens and set pieces so i think if i was to go down that route it would be douglas louise however um as you hinted at a minute ago i am pretty pretty sure i want to kind of throw caution to the wind the devil on my shoulder is winning at the moment and I do want to pile in on Huang Hee Chan. I think the three fixtures that I would want him for um, over the next three game weeks are fantastic. I think he pays off the potential extra hit I might need to take by the time I get to game week 29 to field nine rather than eight. And even at that point, that's a decision I can make whether or not the extra hit pays off at that, at that moment. And again, that's all on the assumption that... No upsets happen in the Cup. And as I discussed with you earlier, even the most likely scenario for the Cup results is in itself unlikely as a combination. So I'll just bring up Ben Krellin's fantastic uh, tweet earlier about this. Um, There's actually only a 1.5% chance of six teams playing in game week 29. Um, that's obviously three fixtures going ahead. That's the current situation. There's a 38.4% chance of eight teams playing. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean, that doesn't tell us which that extra fixture will be. That could be the Luton-Nottingham Forest fixture. It could be one of the other ones as well. The Man United one being the second most likely, but that's including all of the combinations. After that, we're getting into 12, 14, 16 teams. And if you play that all through, there's actually... Not one particular combination that is anywhere near 25% likely in isolation. So, with that in mind, I'm kind of hedging my bets a little bit and throwing caution to the winds, knowing that something unlikely is likely to happen, if that makes any sense. So, I'm just going to play this week on its own merits, probably be bringing in Huang he Chan and actually maybe taking a minus four to look at a defensive transfer, which I'll come on to as well. And just playing. The, playing the game in front of me rather than trying to map it out too far in advance with limited information. Yeah. And that's that's where I'm kind of landing at the moment. Um, I don't know if you want to discuss the merits of Neto versus Huang any any further, but I, I am firmly in the camp of Huang. And personally, I think Neto playing as well as he is just means that it, it makes Huang a better asset because he's getting better service from the wide areas from Neto.
1: Yeah, you, you want the goal scorer, don't you? I <laughs> do, <And that>, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's, uh, probably about it. And that's kind of how you maximize your chances, I suppose, of ensuring that, um, yeah, obviously, there's kind of the roots of points, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the case for Huang in terms of the XG, uh, pronounced numbers being weighted towards goals, penalties, um, these things, especially in a very, very short window of time, those are the things that you look at, especially if you're trying to get a hit repaid. Um, Hmm. I I think that that's kind of a bit of an open and shut case on that. Elsewhere than Sam, um, so we've mentioned you spoke about uh, eloquently about da- uh, Douglas Louise versus Bailey, and um, I agree with you that if you looked at the X per 70, then obviously <laughs> you'd be buying Bailey, but you just I don't know, I, I think that there's definitely a bit of a yeah, but about that, and obviously Douglas has penalties as well, which muddies the water further. Um, Tom Campbell and Jimmy the Claret mentioned the Dingra, and um, mm-hmm. John mentioned Batoma, and um, Brighton's fixtures over the next few, and um, before you maybe even throw uh, Pascal Gross in there as well, and um, who's really, yeah, yeah. performing ridiculously well. Um, it's not a free one Liverpool. Um, <laughs> probably that's another Van Dyke goal, isn't it? face it. <laughs> probably um, yeah, they've got Everton next and then Fulham and Oscan Forest. So three good fixtures still. And um, what do you make of those guys?
0: Yeah, I like them. I think at the moment Pascal Gross is quite tempting. Um decent fixtures up to game with 29. Obviously, you'd have you'd have to much like with Wolves, kind of throw aside the the chances of them playing in 29, more so with Brighton because it's far less likely they have that fixture going ahead because it's very likely that either Brighton or Man City do progress, um, obviously playing each other in Game Week 29. And then I believe they've got a tough fixture after in Game Week 30 as well, although I I can't remember off the top of my head what what you might have just said there. So, um, so yeah, generally speaking with Brighton, I think out of the three, I'd probably favour Gross at the moment. Um, but I do like the upside of Mitoma and Adingra. I, I just think I'd probably go with the safety pick of Gross, given the fact that he is an absolute bonus points monster at the moment. If he does anything, he's looking at another one or two bonus points minimum. It seems so. Yeah, I, I would be more than happy to recommend him, um, and probably as a secondary option, Adingra for the price would be quite nice.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, High, obviously, on winning the African Cup of Nations. And -hmm. I think he he plays a very nice role, doesn't he? Especially if you kind of want money. If you are, for example, free-hissing in 29 and you're looking Mm -hmm. for a route to bring in Salah for the and Forest game in 27, then Adingra from Jota Looks like it could be a very kind of nice little transfer to make. He's probably, I think he's definitely the cheapest on the slate of players that we're talking about here. And um, there's Gonacho as well, Sam, who's obviously quite a cheap um, asset to also kind of bear in mind. And United's fixtures too mm. are, are pretty damn good, aren't they, for the short term? Obviously, Man City in 27, which is a bit annoying. Uh, but around that, you've got Fulham at home and Evson at home in, tw- in 26, 28. And you've also got Sheffield Nice at home in 29. if things transpire in a certain way in the cup results so um another one potentially could do a job for you basically um but for for me i suppose um, answering dave cz fpl's question i think at the moment a mixture of fixtures um as we've cited even the newcastle game in 27 like newcastle's (laughs) defensive data is is Something to behold, really like fourth words yeah. for HGC Sam, worse than Burnley. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, I want to attack um, that fixture 100%. Yeah, yeah.
1: so that, there's definitely something in that, even though you know that, yeah, they're, they're away and obviously they're missing Kunya now, so they're going to have to kind of slightly adjust. I saw a really interesting article in the Athletic earlier on, um, about how Sarabia is now being used in, in a, in, a in, in kind of a drifting role mm-hmm. um, and netto's being used kind of as the primary sort of outlet on the left. and. Um, so they'll reconfigure again Wolves um Gary and Neil seems to be um yeah a, a lot more clever than he was given credit for prior to his appearance on MNF um, yeah. and, and now you know for over the next three I'm more than happy to back that and hey you know if 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 kind of everything combines i mean it happens have bournemouth in 29 they're happy days really and um, i'll see what kind of happens going forward Um, i don't know if, how long quang's going to last because i could well end up uh, removing him straight away from countryman son in 27 to be honest with you <laughs> but we will see it may well be kind of gordon who goes then and um, but yeah there's, there's definitely other things to think about there because you know, newcastle themselves have a very very good back end of the season as james from planet um reminded me um Earlier on today, I was listening to his pod. So, yeah, quite a lot to discuss. Um, I it's, it's open, but I'd probably be favouring the wolf over the villain at the moment, despite the fact that there's, at the moment, as far as we you know, a material benefit in terms of buying in a villain. That's for sure. Uh, elsewhere, um, Darwin, Sam. Removing yeah. Darwin is going to be on, on on the slate for loads of people. Um, If you've got Darwin, is it simply a no-brainer to go for Solanke? I think there is obviously one player, and we, we have referenced it a few times over the last few weeks. One player is clearly put, is putting his hand up. Who is Hoyland? Um one of those players we're maybe overlooking because of because of blanking. He's tracking his XG um as a non penalty at the moment. Uh, 6.5 versus 7 goals scored. Uh, scored United are middling to attack but improving and yeah decent fixtures again as i mentioned earlier on in terms of garnacho and um, very good at using his chest um yeah another manchester uh based striker who's good at using his chest to score goals <laughs> but yeah i mean I, I think it's it's very difficult to look past the lanky though isn't it here
0: yeah i think if, if you want to literally just focus on this game week then hoyland's the obvious pick but we're not focusing just on this week, unless you're planning on wildcarding in game with 27, which I think is a strategy some people are employing. Then you're probably looking at Solanke because after this week's out of the way and you never know, he could do something against Man City. Um, he is on pens. They will have a few breakaway chances. So it could happen. Obviously, Hoyland's more likely this week. Um, but after that, Burnley away, du- double of Sheffield United and Luton. I think just getting that sorted ahead of time will be a really easy move for in both of our situations. And I think it just makes a lot of sense before the price just starts to um, skyrocket as well, because more and more people will buy him next week ahead of Burnley, and then even more people will be buying him the following week after that um, for the double. Hoyland will be there. He'll be a factor. And I think... I, I think he will do well this week and probably for the next few. But for now, I'm happy to just wait and see. I think there's three strikers that I just about place ahead of him, considering yeah. mapping out just the trajectory. About. So yeah, I'm happy enough to let him score his points in the background and hopefully not hurt me too much for the next few weeks.
1: Most important player of the week, Sam. Yeah,
0: 160, That's 170k amazing. or something, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, certainly, and you know. We're talking about in midfields not overlooking the likes of Wang, Neto, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think it is literally a case of that old adage there's not enough room at the inn, not because. Like we don't want there to be, it's because literally in terms of the <laughs> the, the limitations of the game we're playing, there's no way of getting him in. Because mm. it's very hard to look past um you know, I can't see a case of removing Watkins. We've spoken about that. If you have removed Watkins, I'd I'd you know Nottingham Forest and Luton next to, um, and then yeah. Spurs in 28, and a, a, a listless West Ham in 29. None of those games worry me. Yeah. It, it's going to, it's very, apart from basically wanting to differentiate, which I can completely understand and accept, because um, Watkins' and Zio is just going to be through the roof, basically an irrelevant player in your team. I can completely understand why you'd be going against that to kind of chase the upside, but I'm not 100% sure. I've got the conas to basically. Next one's Holland and then Slanky. Um, mm. And it's it's very hard to make the case for where Hoyland fits in there. It really is. I mean, maybe even you know, after this week for Holland, you may be thinking, you know what? I'm gonna ha- take Hoyland in because Man City, 27, Man United. Well, I mean, Holland versus Man United, that's a worrying kind of proposition to go against. And then 28 versus Liverpool, likely blank 29, Arsenal in 30. I mean, if, if United do get the twenty nine, Sam, there are going to be, be people maybe who go there um, for, for Hoyland, right? And especially if they've got a game in 29, it's going to be a real sort of tempter, isn't it, for us who own Holland to not think, can we get his little brother Hoyland? Surely that's <laughs> going kind to of come on the table, just spitballing a little bit now.
0: Yeah, I think if Man United do get the Game Week 29 fixture, which obviously we'll know soon enough, um, it is unlikely, but all they need to do is lose to Forrest in the cup, um, which is by no means impossible, then I, cu- I could definitely see a lot of managers wanting to get to Hoyland in game week 29, obviously great fixture. And we will quite likely have two strikers that don't play that week. Solanke is unlikely to play and, and Haaland is obviously unlikely to play. So there could be a double swap on the cards there for Tony, who has Burnley and Hoyland, um, and then maybe bringing in an extra Spurs midfielder or something as well and go really aggressive with it. Obviously, anyone free hitting is laughing at that point because you can just triple up on Spurs. You've got all of those bases covered without having to take any hits as well. Um, But yeah, I think for the time being, we're just going to have to wait and see um, what the FA Cup results are before being able to recommend Hoyland Um but basically because until game week 29 there are three clear strikers that y- you probably want ahead of him at the moment in my view anyway
1: yeah yeah it's, it's close isn't it it really is close um, But yeah, there we go with that one mm. and finally um just to cover the positions i suppose um defenders um Poro is still undergoing quite a few sales. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're both kind of keeping hold. Um, but last week, uh, for example, there was a, a net sell-off. I um, almost a million people, uh, managers that sold him off, of which I assume half would be bots. Um, who would you buy in now? Um, I, I simply don't know. So Mikel's algorithm, for example, is all defenders as a negative, <laughs> basically saying, don't bother making defensive substitutions. I suppose if you... Haven't got double and awesome defense, Sam, though. Um, like someone here <laughs> doesn't. Um, oi, oi. <laughs> yeah, um, you might be looking at someone like Gabriel.
0: You you might well be, yeah. Um, yeah, he will be very tempting. Um, I am like I mentioned earlier, potentially looking at a minus four, just writing a few wrongs all at once, because I think hits will be flying anyway. I mean, I can kind of cover it a little bit, um, or shield it a little bit. And I mean, Gabrielle and uh, Saliba as a defensive double-up does look pretty tempting at the moment. I think Gabriel's still at a fantastic price. If I'm not trying to get too far ahead of myself and pre-plan 29 too much, then I think it makes all the sense in the world to go Gabriel. Um, other options do exist, though. So, Paul Torres um, obviously will have the fixture in game with 29, decent fixtures until then. Al- almost no attacking upside, um, but who knows? He, he might he might get something. Um, and then also uh, regulon as well, potentially, and will have the uh, game in 29 as well, confirmed. So those are possibilities. But looking around, I, they just don't inspire me, Tom. And Gabriel, I think, is always good for a goal. Um, and I want to chase that upside, especially in a team that is by far and away the best defence in the league at the moment. They are looking so tight at the back that it's not just I'm hoping for an attacking return from a defender, which seems to be the case all across the board this season. With them, I'm actually hoping and expecting clean sheets every other game. So I I think it probably pays itself off. And despite the fact that it probably means I'm sacrificing an extra player or taking an extra hit for game 29 if I don't free hit that week, I, th- I think it's still worth it overall. I want to chase the points available to me in the next three weeks. And even Newcastle at home, I'm I'm not that worried about it. Arsenal have been that good. And then straight after that, more good fixtures for them. So yeah, I if you don't have a defensive double up, and especially don't have Gabriel at this point, I would definitely be looking at, at him first and then trying to decide how important it is that you cover off extra single game weekers for 29 second.
1: Ahead of the curve, buying Benny Blanco and Saliva. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, you're completely right. It's absolutely outrageous. Um, Our uh, XGC at the moment, 18, uh, which is 5.7 less than Man City, which works out at kind of 7 XG conceded per game, uh, which is obviously ridiculous. I think it's just us and Man City, um, who are are below one um, right now. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, quite the defence there. I agree. Like, I think Paul Torres, maybe one that I'd be thinking of bringing in at some point, you know, a decent kind of 29 for any defender. Uh, I think that, you know, in 28... Um, West Ham, we've got Burnley at home, so maybe want to think about Burnley's fixtures are actually oddly all right. No, <laughs> so, no. <laughs> so Charlie Taylor owners have great fun. Have we'll have a great time. Yeah. Do not buy any Burnley defenders. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, um, we you know if you're Charlie Taylor def- owner and you need him this week versus Palace,
0: fine, whatever. Yeah. I do have him so I him. don't need to sell a defender to have yeah, a full, yeah, yeah, yeah. full defense but I think like even though it's Palace I actually still don't want to play him yeah whatever I mean it, it is very whatever you're likely to
1: get one point and to be honest if he comes off the bench you're probably like he's he's probably odds on to sc- outscore the rest of the team <laughs> the rest probably, of the defenders yeah. with his one and um, so there you go how many players this week do you think is all right obviously it's not a huge blank would you be happy with that? or would you kind of go for and um, either making a transfer or taking a hit if so or is it all
0: sort of dependent uh, yeah I hate it's such a cliche I hate saying it but it is dependent it's covering the important ones that's always the that's always the most important thing and I think Baker has been saying on above average for weeks now that if you're requiring a, a hit to bringing uh, an 11th player and that 11th player happens to be a defender with limited attacking upside, then and and not even that great a fixture this week, then just don't bother. Like the expected points from that defender is probably below four. Um, so that's probably not going to pay off. So in that specific scenario, I probably wouldn't bother. Um, I think get, having 10 is probably okay. I think, a lot of weeks, there's one or two players in our starting 11s that get one-pointer, one zero-pointers. So we're effectively playing with basically 10 anyway. Um, I, do, I don't think it's a massive issue, as long as you've covered off the most important players to have. I think what is a kind of an important thing to note at this juncture, though, is that there are a lot of players injured out, no, no fixture in the midfield or attack. And I think there are prime candidates to replace those players that I would expect to pay off hits this week. So Huang in the midfield being one of them, even Douglas Louise as well, if you wanted to go on the safer route, I would expect over four points to to pay itself off if you wanted to get out 11 for a hit. Same up front as well. I think even Solanke, especially because it's future planning as well, I think you just you make that move anyway and use the fact that you're getting to 11 players as... As an extra excuse to do it, I think it more applies to okay. I've got a full, uh, I've got a full front seven of attackers. That's fine. And then, am I taking a hit to bring in a, an extra defender when I, d- if you've already got Gabriel, for instance, I think he might be the one exception to the rule there. And that's again getting myself out of jail before I tie myself up in knots there a bit. <laughs> but I, I think generally speaking, there aren't too many defenders out there at the moment that I'd back to be getting over four points and therefore covering off a hit to get out 11 i think playing 10 more often than not if you're playing 10 with two defenders rather than three i think it's probably okay yeah no fair play
1: all right and uh best captain uh, for the week ahead
0: yeah so I, I think no surprises who the favorite will be for a lot of managers harland obviously did didn't blank in the double, so he won't be completely out of favour for everyone. Bournemouth away from home, it's a good fixture. Um, I think I checked earlier and he's got almost exactly half his returns this season away from home. So eight goals, three assists, I believe so far. So it's not like he's way worse away from home at the moment. I think there is an argument to say that he doesn't get a lot of big hauls, like multiple goal hauls away from home, but he'll still trundle on pretty well. And that might just be, a quirk of the statistics so he'll be very popular but the other one i've decided to put up on the graphic is saka and i i actually really quite fancy it i think i think saka this week at home to newcastle could be fantastic especially if they persevere with playing uh bdb up uh up down well down his flank i i could see saka having some joy there
1: oh as i said earlier on it's very. is just
0: worrying. It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> and Arsenal <also> and is, is so well. good. They're blowing teams out the water.
1: She's better than sissies. Um, yeah. So could there be an argument for Saka uh, at home like, as well? Effective ownership, I guess. Um, yeah. Playing tonight as well against Porto. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Eo wise, I suppose. If, if it's, it's worrying, isn't it? Always with Holland. I mean, it's it's yes. He didn't do loads of goals, but. The underlying yeah. data was obviously where it was.
0: So, I don't know. I, I think Although Saka's really isn't bad, though. 0.82 XGI per 90 for a midfielder is pretty yeah. good.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, whatever inhalers were taken in Dubai <laughs> seemed to have helped an awful lot. But yeah, I suspect it's all going to be in Holland's, and you know, yeah. just, I, I'm tempted to just do—I I almost definitely will just do that and enjoy the fact that there's going to be gains probably across the board ever else. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. This whole section probably—we well, don't
0: have I know, to spend next, long on it, do we? There, week,
1: this week, though. Next week, though, Sam, when Saka Sheffield United and Holland's Man United, there's, there's definitely more oh, of a yeah. discussion about it. There's definitely
0: more to think about. Didn't Saka Blank or get one assist against Sheffield United in a five-nil win earlier on in the season? Or am um, I misremembering that? No, you're right. He did get an assist. It's game week ten, I think. Something okay, like that. but that was in the down period for. Yes, the game in was. general. Yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, that could be really interesting. I think yeah, Saka would be probably the second favourite, but it Harland annoyingly is the clear favourite. Um, or maybe not annoyingly. If you like playing the EO game and you want gains off of all of your starting eleven, then maybe that's a good thing. So yeah, probably probably not the worst thing in the world.
1: No, no, probably not. Four-one Liverpool. Sam downty has been subbed, and he's been subbed off injured potentially as well. So oh that's, really? That's more, oh, that's more annoying for me. Sorry, um, man, that sucks. That's, that's all right. Um, I'm not relying on him at any point up until game of twenty-eight. afterwards okay. I'm mean, going to be like, oh. For fuck's sake. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Harvey Elliott has scored. Fortunately, and, okay, um, fine. And, Van Dijk's done this damage. I think mean, my, I think I was on a, a safety score like was like four and now it's kind of gone down to two um two ahead of it now but yeah 10 green arrow has been reduced to five cent green arrow uh, them's the breaks always mm. uh, around this sort of time uh should we just talk about our teams quickly to end i know we've only been gone and done an hour um but i'm i'm happy with that i feel like we've kind of covered it off quite nicely especially because it is quite a bit of a tiding over
0: uh sort mm. of week to come yeah i think so and yeah next week will be a big one obviously uh, we might even have to do a two-parter uh, with the fa cup results as well so yeah let's uh wrap it up with our teams and uh what our transfer plans are moving into uh game week 26 your first right. by the way
1: yep that's fine so uh, huang has already come in uh came for jota and there mm-hmm. was a moment on tuesday uh where a couple of the price rise and check price changes sites had uh jota dropping uh and that would have lost me 0.2 million in value i think they um, do tonight as well so i kind of thought i'd just get in there and avert that eventuality Um, many of my worth. kind of discussion this so we've got a bit more we've got a bit extra time and um, but i've got what might be tantamount to a pathological fear sam about my team value being rubbish um, and <laughs> i've raised that yeah. I've I've really started looking at what game week thirty wildcards are going to look like because I you know fitting in Son Salah Holland Watkins, um, am I forgetting
0: anyone Saka Saka right and maybe Trippier you mentioned as well fitting
1: all of those players in. Is already getting mighty difficult for me, Um, and I've seen a couple of people, um, a couple of uh, friends in DM groups, um, whose TV is much higher than mine. um, Kind of throwing out kind of game week uh, thirty wildcards, but oh, I can all these players in, um, and still like kind of decent uh, extra pieces around the side, and uh, mine is just nowhere near that at the moment. And my concern is, we'll get to game week thirty, and I'll be absolutely screwed. I'm gonna to have to make one. I'll have to make, um, you know, one or two concessions. I suppose I'm already kind of thinking it may end up like a three-five-two, where most people are going to have Slanky, Holland, and Watkins, because Slanky's going kind to of game me uh, fixing. Game first Hormons are pretty decent. I'm probably going to have to kind of probably get Gordon or something like that, um, get him back um, if I do sell him, indeed, um, for around that period um or something like that and it's it's already looking a bit dodgy and um, so i went a little bit early with the huang move uh slanky's going to come in uh for darwin obviously was waiting out to see what would happen now and um, might as well wait until the the um at the press conferences now as well that, that's sort of where i am and the whole idea going forward is that minus four by four strategy that i mentioned so this week kwang and slanky and see what happens with the fa cup so then we get the 29 idea 27 it feels like son should come in uh, for that um i mm-hmm. think that son watkins um and Tony will be the big three, really, for 29 as it stands. So someone will come in, then um, I'll, I'll either move one of Huang or Gordon for that. Um, maybe bring in twin nine, friend defender um, for Ake. Uh, so that's the minus four. And they've got Luton then, um, who famously don't do not do any goals. I'm um, <laughs> not sure about that one. In 28, um, Foden and Gordon going out to Bernier. He's got double game week. And Kudus, he's got Burnley at home. So two decent chances to score points. And then 29, Solanke to Tony. And then one more, um, which is taking me up to kind of eight or nine, depending on what the hell is going on with Dalsy. We um, need to find out what's happening there. Um, but that, that's the idea, as I mentioned earlier, to be sort of vaguely aggressive whilst being 29 friendly. Happy to do that. i am a a bit of caution to the wind, um, as it were, And um, obviously within the scope of being quite a boring, um, templatey sort of thing. Well, I've only got one clone in the top million, um, so I'm not that boring, um, it seems. Um, that's probably just due to only Ben White, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, there we go. So Hwang and Slanky and uh capsing in caps in Holland. Um What do you think about sort of overall strategy, Sam, really?
0: Um... Yeah, I mean, we've spoken about it a little bit um, privately and I do like it. I think it's something that I'm tempted to kind of instill a little bit myself, which is take each game on its own merit, attack what's in front of you in a period where quite a considerable amount of managers are probably going to go quite defensive and look at just piling in on um, players that definitely play in game week 29. Um, whereas, like I mentioned earlier, I'm kind of banking on at least one upset somewhere to happen, or some combination of fixtures that we're not necessarily expecting to happen. For example, if that Chelsea Leeds game goes the wrong way or the Leeds way, then all of a sudden you're, you're laughing for game week 29. You don't you don't even need to worry. No hits will need be required. Be very similar for me, and I think just attacking. The, the fixtures ahead of us right now, especially in your case, makes a lot of sense. And bringing in Solanke is just wise, um, I think. he uh, Bringing in Huang hee as well, I think you're, you're tackling the upside of this week with a differential. He will remain a differential as well. I can't see him, even in the more engaged community, being above like 20, 25% EO this week. So yeah, I like it a lot. Go on the aggressive, um, tackle the weeks as they come. And then figure out at a later date with the information that we've got, mm. what to do next. I think that's absolutely fine at this point.
1: And turning attention
0: uh, to what I I kind of buried it a little bit, but thinking about
1: wildcards already, mm. um, I saw Ben Creden earlier on was saying that there's like a small chance that he does wildcard a little bit earlier, especially because once we know the information next week, there may be a way to construct a, a path um, to get through 29 and, and still sort of, you know, obviously free hit in 34, yeah, and yeah. the bench boost in 37. Um I've, I I just can't I don't know, I can't help it, Sam. I can't help but look at the um the fixtures the the, the the fixtures, the players, my team value, and put together that sort of prototype wildcard. Ben says he's 35% likely to wildcard in 27, 30, 20, 28, versus 40% likely to wildcard in 30, 31. Um, so it's definitely something that people are thinking about because Ben's obviously a really, really good FPL player as well. And um, that's something that potentially could happen for me, um, especially if I am confident that I'm going to be able to create a strategy surrounding um, getting to getting through 29 while also i guess securing the players i want to secure going forward but it's going to be kind of quite a hefty ask of course with likes of salah Holland, and blanking in 29 so it's going to be a little bit of kind of jiggery pokery required and but if i can find a way of doing it especially if next week's results are kind of kind which i don't really want i want there to be absolute chaos let me just be plain i do not want Chelsea and Arsenal to be able to have a game in 29. As much to be useful to me, it'd be more useful to everybody else. I don't want that, <laughs> but it's definitely something that kind of is in mind for me. um Am I just being an idiot? Am I? Am I just kind of pathologically being worried about my bank balance or something
0: like that? <laughs> um Well, if we're if we're bringing this back to the the amount of budget you've got, I, I really don't think you're in that much of a weak position. I, I think, as I was saying to you again privately you might be a little bit down on the average of like the, the really engaged managers. But generally speaking, I, I think you're maybe 0.5 off at most. And that's one downgrade somewhere. And you listed off all of those really important players to have and how it's going to be difficult for you to get them in. Making one downgrade Trippier to Shah, uh, as one example, is probably something everyone else is going to have to do anyway. Because if even if they've got a team value of 0.5 or maybe even 1 million more than you they still don't have the value to get all the way up from a Shah to a Trippier so I, I still think no matter who you are some sacrifices aren't required and there does seem to usually be a cheaper option elsewhere that ends up being the reason that you climb the ranks really quickly come the end of the season so yeah I, w- I wouldn't lose hope too much but I do understand that budget does matter. And going early could ensure that you get the exact team you do want. Um, however, I, I wouldn't use that as the one decision, the, the one like factor in in when to wildcard, I pick when to wildcard based on everything else, and then try to work out the most optimal time to, to use the budget to my advantage and, and the best the best way of doing so in that week
1: yeah um it's certainly something that i'm considering i do think i know there's obviously people that i respect and think are are very obviously very very good fpl managers like fpl fran who have gone this week Hmm. i do think next week would be the time when i'd be looking at it especially towards the tail end of next week and it's definitely not off the table we'll talk about that with, with sim a little bit i think next week as well definitely um but, I mean, there could be definitely some positive gains, possible gains there. Uh, but we are kind of talking about, um, you know, getting my own version of your sexy spreadsheet, <laughs> you know, really burying myself in, in into FPL.team. And I suppose it's something that will kind of pick up again uh, going forward. But yeah, certainly something in mind. But, yeah, this week, Huang, Slanky, both coming in. I think that's absolutely fine. Should get to 11. Ake not playing. Hopefully, I can get a really good game. Annoyingly, at, at, at nominal left back, oh, I think it's more kind of an in inner free while Walker, Walker goes forward. Hopefully, that means he plays against old club Bournemouth and hopefully rewards us Sam uh, with a goal. And um, how are you looking for the week ahead? You've got those two transfers um, again, and uh, you can make one transfer, can't you? Here and then roll it.
0: Oh, I could if I really wanted to. That would be the ultimate baller move. Um, I would love it if I could do that, but I'm not going to. I don't. I don't think I can. I think there are too many risks, even though that, even though they are players with fixtures. So I could theoretically make one move, whether that's Darwin out for Slanky or Jotter out for Huang or Douglas Louise, and roll the other, and technically have an eleven, but. Taylor hasn't started the hasn't started the game yet since coming back. He will probably get minutes, and I do back him to start. But it's Burnley, so that's a one pointer. Uh, Ake, like you said, is hopefully going to start, but is now probably at a slight risk. Um, and more importantly than Ake, I've got Estupiñan as well, and that is a serious concern. Again, it baffles me that he's not in their strongest eleven at the moment. But I think even some Brighton fans last year were saying he's a very good FPL player, but not necessarily a great footballer. And that does worry me a little bit, that that is what some Brighton fans think. And they obviously see him week in, week out. So that does concern me that maybe there is something more than just... um, bringing him out for a little bit of a rest going on there. And it it also is quite telling that Lamptey went off and he wasn't the first player to come on. So again, I think he's an issue that I just need to sort. Otherwise, every single week, that's going to be a question. And I think the sooner I do it, the more likely it is that hit pays off. And because I've got a really obvious defender at his price point that I can bring in with good fixtures in the next three, I think it just makes sense to do that. So Gabriel in for a stupid yam would be the, the hit part, I suppose you'd call it. And the other two would be the same as you. Um, Huang in for Jota and Solanke in for Darwin. And then that would give me a full playing 11 with one bench. And that would be Taylor against Crystal Palace away from home. Um, and then if, for whatever reason, Ake doesn't play, Um, or maybe a random Foden rotation or something crazy happens, as it always does in FPL, then I've just got that little bit of cover. And I think because so many people are taking the hit this week anyway, getting out of the way for me this week now and bringing in three players that I do have a lot of faith in over the next three game weeks, I think it's worth it. And I think I just go on the attack this week.
1: Like it. Shackles off uh, for privacy. And yeah, all of that makes sense. And I think it's definitely... A bit of a running sore, I think, guest And as you kind of seen with my travails thus far this season with the likes of Marcinelli, um, as I was saying to you privately, I think it's definitely worth if you do spot a, a possible opportunity just to write that wrong, even mm. if it is a minus four, sometimes it is worth just, just taking that opportunity because Ripped the plaster off. Certainly, and you know, I you know <laughs> I I know that avoiding hits is always going to be the be-all and end-all for a lot of people. And I completely respect that point of view. But psychologically, it's actually quite nice to remove a player like that because you think, you know what, I can just move on now. I don't have to worry about yeah. this
0: anymore. <laughs> Especially <laughs> when there's such an obvious replacement as well. Like, Gabriel's just been phenomenal recently. I, I Just not having in my t- him in my team hurts me every single week. So, yeah, I think it just makes sense.
1: Cool. Well, there we, there we go. Um,
0: I thought that was another goal alarm. Then for no, a no, second.
1: no, no. That, that was me elbowing, elbowing my, uh, my microphone box, which then impacts on a wok. Ah. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs>
0: Fantastic. Well, I think that wraps us up for this week. A little bit shorter, but I think we're saving all of our extra energy up for next week where we could even potentially be doing two episodes. We've got FPL Sim on as well, which I'm really looking forward to. That's going to be a lot of fun. And hopefully be enjoying another small or maybe larger than this week green arrow come game week 27 prep in the meantime though thank you all so much for listening we have been who got the assist you can find us on x at wgta underscore fpl and you can find me at fpl pricey on there instagram and threads with wgta dot or again i'm just fpl pricey on there so if you did enjoy the pod please do consider following us on all of those channels But also, if you could give the pod a five star rating wherever you're listening to it, that would be fantastic. And then finally, if you're one of those that watches us on YouTube, if you could leave a like, subscribe to the channel, that would be greatly appreciated as well.
1: Cool. Perfect. Thanks very much uh, for listening. We hope you enjoyed the pod. We hope we assisted you in digesting the double that just was. and Hopefully not dwelling too much on outcomes. We'll be back next Monday with all-round lad, FPL sim, TikTok superstar. Um, We're looking forward to that, having some bants. God, I feel, I'm too old for saying stuff like that, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it should be really good fun. Um, we'll, and then I think that we'll see if we can find some time um to come in again. At least maybe to update on our plans or something like that. Obviously, there are um great podcasts out there like uh, James uh, Planet FPR that I'd highly recommend you just go and listen to what he's got to say about Chips things like that. We'll come back to give you our views and things like that on it as well. Um, other than that, have a good week and we'll speak to you very, very soon.